0: Wilson for this opportunity to to preach and teach the, the Word of God. Thank you, Pastor, for our fellowship, uh, for our friendship, for our sharing in the love of Christ. Yes, May I also say thanks to Brother Brian and for... Music Now, <clears throat> one of the things that uh, I really thank God for is that this young man knows old school music. <laughs> that song, Jesus, 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 there's something about that name that's older than a whole lot of you. That comes back from the 70s. We share as well uh, one of my favorite musicians, Andre Crouch, goes back to the 70s. You know, I think that was the golden age, Reverend. (laughs) I actually met Pastor Wilson, and I'm so grateful for uh, the opportunities that we try to meet once a month at Panera Bread Uh, great coffee, by the way, as well as desserts. You can look at me and tell, I, aside from meat, I like desserts. (laughs) We actually met uh, back in the 80s. I met him at a funeral for one of my relatives, and little did I know that uh, the Lord would lead us in such a way that he would serve as my pastor in my later years. And I'm, I'm extremely grateful for that. Now, <clears throat> I need to alert my family members. Uh, I've, I've served as a church pastor since the 70s. Uh, as Pastor Wilson stated a few months ago, I retired approximately two years ago and so I need to remind my family members, you know I'll call your name out. <laughs> I'll use you as an example, so uh, get ready. Let me, let me ask you a question. Uh, when it comes to knowing people, uh, when it comes to knowing people, uh, how do you know them? Historically, do you know them personally? Do you know them in a familial, family way? How do you know people? Now, I ask that question because if you look at the scriptural passage for today's message, Paul says in The book of Philippians chapter 3 and and verse 10, uh, Paul says, that I may know him, that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. We know people in the three ways that uh, we just mentioned a moment ago. We know people historically. I personally never met the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., but I have read many of his publications. His last book, where do we go from here, was one of my favorites. I never met former President Barack Obama, but I know him historically. I've read some stuff about him. How do we know people? I also know people, in addition to knowing them in a historical manner, I know people personally. I know the habits of my friends. If you are, and I am, Brother Kolak, I'm an avid University of Oklahoma football fan. So I I, I take pride in knowing who the coaches are following the coaches' routines, habits for game plans, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) Boomer. (laughs) Thirdly, thirdly, We can know people in a familial, in a family-type way. Uh, I met Vanessa several years ago in our adult lives, and uh, our relationship is different from history. It includes personal relationships, But that familial way is characteristic because we'll take a look at that as we talk about our relationship with Christ. Now, we share habits, Vanessa and I, but we differ in many ways as well. She's extremely, extremely non-social. As a matter of fact, our first date Vanessa stood me up. (laughs) I spent money, and she didn't show up. We'll talk about that as you get to know us one day. I'll tell you the details about that. But how do you know people? Paul's ambition, if you look at Philippians 3.10, Paul's ambition was to know Christ. That's his, that's his leading statement in verse 10 of Philippians 3. I want to know him. And yet I point out to you that Paul's desire was to know Jesus in more than just a historical way, in more than a personal way. He wanted to build a relationship He wanted to know Jesus, his thoughts, he wanted to know the words of Jesus, he wanted to follow the footsteps of Jesus, he wanted to fellowship with Jesus, the power of his resurrection, he wanted to share in the sufferings of Christ, and he wanted to conform to the life of Christ. Let's take a look at that for just a second. Now, when, when, we, say, when we say to know someone uh, in the various ways that we've mentioned, we want to point out to you that in his writings in Philippians 3.10, Paul really breaks it down into two categories. He talks about the personal gain of an individual as he or she knows Christ, he also talks about the progressive gain that an individual shares as we get to know Christ. Let's begin, let's begin with that, that portion of knowing Christ on the personal basis, that I may know him. That I may know him. Now, Paul clearly defines what he means by this expression to know him. It's taken from the Greek and the Hebrew language. As far as the Greek is concerned, it's it's inosko, and a very familiar Hebrew word that you perhaps use. Many times in your conversation, Yada. So 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 when we when we talk about knowing people, when we talk about knowing Christ, we we want to know him. We want to know him. We want to share in the life of Christ. And we want to know him in such a way that we know everything about him. Yada. Yada yada yada. You with me now? So in, in in your your conversations with your children, your spouses, your grandchildren, your friends and relatives, you can you can speak some Hebrew to them. You can say, yeah, I know this and yada yada. <laughs> but in addition to that, in addition to knowing him, Paul also brings about three things. The fellowship of his suffering The Fellowship of His suffering that I might conform to Him. So in in, in all of my years, and, and, and although I may look like I'm 35 years old, I'm much older. I'm much older. In all of my years, I have come to know him. And I'm still learning about him. Here here, here are a couple of uh, points that we need to uh, share with you regarding knowing Christ and the personal way. There are some guarantees. There are some guarantees, and I'll I'll mention just a couple of them uh, in just a moment, but let me, as I look at my notes here, and and let me share this with you. I, I am extremely limited in vision, so... Uh, I carry with me an iPad because I can make the fonts that I'm reading as large as possible so that I can see to read. So uh, uh, And I'll share with you, I had a preacher tell me one time, preacher, you can't carry your iPad in the pulpit. He said, that's not a Bible. (laughs) I'm serious, Pastor. And so I said, well, Reverend, I've got Many versions of the Bible on my iPad, but he said, no, but you need the real book. So I I make it a point to share with people, I'm I'm not trying to ignore anybody or offend anybody. This is how I read, and I thank God for that. But now, now, uh, turn with me to, turn with me, because remember, we're talking about knowing Jesus in a personal way. Turn with me to the book of John and look at John chapter seventeen. John chapter seventeen and and verse three John seventeen three. And it reads in this fashion. And this is eternal life. And this is eternal life, that they may know you. I'll say that again. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. John 17, 3. Now, I've run across a ton of people who say, oh yeah, I believe in God. Ton of them. I've ran across folk who don't believe Jesus, but say, I believe God. Such people are in grave danger. Such people have been exposed to false religion. False religion does not represent, uphold the deity of Christ. Note John says, again as I read it to you, and this, knowing Christ, is eternal life. Now, I want you to note one of my favorite old-time religious people, theologians, is Charles Spurgeon. Note how Spurgeon takes this to a level that we can apply it to our own selves. Knowing Jesus and having eternal life. Know what Spurgeon says. They tell me that he is a refiner who cleanses people of their spots. He has washed me in his precious blood and to that extent I know him. They tell me that he is a breaker and that he breaks chains. He has set my soul at liberty and therefore I know him. They tell me that lot. that he is a king, and that he reigns over sin. He has subdued my enemies beneath his feet, and I know him in that character. They say he is food. My spirit feeds on him as on the bread of life, and therefore I know him. You with me? In addition to that, in addition to that, to knowing Christ personally, let's take a look at the other sections of, of the scripture. Because Paul says knowing him is a progressive gain. In other words, at my present age, and as long as I've been reading the Bible, studying the Bible, teaching Bible lessons... I'm still finding out stuff about him. I'm still learning about him. One of the things I cherish here at Everlasting Life Baptist Church is that every Sunday, Pastor Wilson points out to me again here's something else you didn't know about Jesus Christ. Every Sunday. Now, Paul says. I want to know him. And I want to know the power of his resurrection. The first result of knowing him is to know the power of his resurrection. There are some guarantees. Turn with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Chapter 6, I'm sorry, verses 12 and 13. Let's look at the one, one of the guarantees associated with, with us knowing the power of the resurrection of Christ. 1 Corinthians 6, 12 and 13. It reads in this manner. 1 Corinthians 6, 12 and 13. All things are permitted for me, but not all things are of benefit All things are permitted for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food is for the stomach, and the stomach is for food. However, God will do away with both of them. But the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. Here's the guarantee we're talking about. Because of our knowledge of Christ, because of our growing relationship with him, we have the guarantee regarding the importance of our life and the importance of our life in this body. You need to remember that Christ died in a body like this. He rose from the grave just as we are going to rise because of that fellowship with him. And and, and it is this body, it is this body of ours that he has sanctified, that he has set aside. It's this body that he blesses. So, yeah, while all things are available to me, it's not it's not good for me to allow things to overwhelm me, to take so much of my attention that I focus on things, not my relationship with him. Crystal and I talk frequently about the fact that I'm excited there's a little one coming soon. I can't wait until the little one really shows George and Crystal who's the boss. (laughs) Oh, you may think you run things, just wait. (laughs) All things are possible, all things are permitted but I have the guarantee. That my concentration, my commitment of my life, my body to him affords me the opportunity to know him better and better and better. That I may know him, the power of his resurrection, that resurrection power has brought to me the opportunity to know Christ as my friend, as my Savior. It also is the guarantee that after this, there is another life. Christians, you, you, ought, you ought to rejoice in the fact that once this body is decayed, that's not the end of us that I may know him, the power of his resurrection. The resurrection of Christ is the guarantee that life is worth living. Say that again, the resurrection of Christ is the guarantee that life is worth living and that this physical body is sacred. This physical body is sacred. It is the guarantee that death is not The end, that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, that I may know him, the power of his resurrection. It's a guarantee of life. But let's consider as well the effect of the resurrection power on us as individuals on us as individuals. Let's take, for, for example, some uh, Bible characters. Let's look at Peter. Let's look at Thomas. Let's look at the effect of the resurrection on these two individuals. You know these guys. And I want to, again, uh, ask you to turn with me to another passage. It's Luke chapter 22. And let's look at verses 31 through 34. Luke chapter 22, verses 31 through 34. And and we, we find this writing. Simon, Simon. Luke 22, beginning with verse 31. Simon, Simon. Behold, Satan has demanded to sift you men. Satan has demanded. To sift you men like wheat. But I have prayed for you. Simon, Simon, Satan is demanded to sift you men, he's referring to the other disciples, like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail, and you, when you have turned. When you have turned back, strengthen the brethren. But Peter said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. But Jesus said to him, Peter, I tell you, the rooster will not crow today, until you have denied three times that you know me. Here's what, we're, here's what we're trying to express here. The power of the resurrection upon the life of people. Note Peter's statement. No, I'm with you, Lord. He overestimated his own capacity he underestimated the power of satan now i believe every christian you 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 need to understand the devil is the devil and 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 and, and don't make the mistake i did this when i was much younger pastor wilson I, I said don't i love jesus The devil ain't got no control over me he whipped me right there Note Peter's statement. Now I'm with you, Lord. And yet, and yet, if you if you continue on a few verses down into that chapter, you'll note as well that uh, as they took our Savior from courtroom to courtroom, Peter was following from a distance. Well, there's 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 something characteristic there. So 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 here here's the danger that Peter suffered. He he was he was he was, yeah, he was following Christ. But imagine this. If you're standing in front of you, standing with your hands in a position that will allow your enemy to go through your hands and slap you, you're in danger think about it think about it for a second he was he, he 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 did love christ he was a follower of christ he was a disciple he overestimated his abilities he was following from a distance and didn't recognize the danger until three people identified him you're one of them you're one of the followers and three times he said, no, that's not me. And, and church folk one time he cursed, following from a distance. How close are you? Paul says that I, I, I want to know him, I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know the fellowship of his suffering. I want to conform, to his death. What about Thomas? All of us know. Yeah, he's described as doubting Thomas. Uh, but don't, 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 don't put yourself above him now. If you, if you pay attention, if you pay attention to Thomas as John describes in his writings of John chapter twenty and verses twenty-four through twenty-eight. I need to move on here. I just took a glance at my watch, and I'm, 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 I'm moving a little slow, so, so I'm going to pick it up just a little bit. If you'll pay the attention to John 20, 24 through 28, you'll note that uh, John does a very good job of telling us what Thomas missed. He not only tells us what Thomas missed, he tells us what Thomas manifested, and he tells us, thirdly, what Thomas discussed. Here's what happened. Here's what happened. When the Lord appeared to his disciples after the resurrection, Thomas was not there. Now, there's a danger. There is a danger, and I'm not trying to criticize us as believers, but every time the opportunity presents itself, church folk, you need to be in church. Every time the opportunity presents itself. Now, now I realize we will we'll meet, we'll miss worship service for a variety of reasons. I'm not criticizing anybody for that. But when we miss, we miss things. I'll point out to you again another verse. Very simple. Very simple. It's Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. Note Matthew's words. For wherever two or three have gathered... Together in my name, I am there in their midst. These are the words of Jesus. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. I don't want to miss a gathering where Christ is present. I I don't want to miss that. In addition to that, we also need to understand, we're talking about the effect of the power of resurrection on Thomas. We also need to notice, Thomas said, I need some proof. I don't know how many folk, Brother like I ran across in my years who said to me, well, prove to me that Jesus is real. I need some proof. And, and 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 in in all of that, the, the the testimony of his his other brothers that yes we saw him yes he's alive yes he was here with us that wasn't enough to convince Thomas, and yet eight days later search the scripture it, it specifies eight days later Jesus shows up turns directly to Thomas and says, take a look, put your hand here. And all Peter could say in response was, my Lord, my God. That's the power of the resurrection upon people. In addition to the power of his resurrection. We also need to talk about the results of knowing Christ. And knowing something of his sufferings. Now, folk, I need to tell you. To suffer for Christ is a privilege. It's a privilege. That's not a burden. Although although you may see it. As such, because of our our external existence, Uh, we've all suffered. We all suffer still today, but you're suffering. You're suffering, and you're clinging to Christ. You're suffering, and you're trusting him to bring you through sickness, family troubles, financial worries, final exams. The fact that you trust him even as you are suffering represents the fact you are privileged. He's going to see you through. Again, if you, if you will consult the scriptures... To suffer for the faith is not a penalty, it's a privilege. Knowledge and awareness of Christ's rejection will make us willing to face the sneaks of this world. We can share in the sufferings of Jesus. He rejected his rejected position, I'm sorry, will be ours if we identify ourselves with him. In other words, let's put it simply this way. When folk are talking about you, throwing your name around and telling lies about you, count that a joy. Because you trust Jesus. You have the opportunity to express to all of those who are slandering your name, I trust him. The power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering helps me to conform to his death. That's the third reality. The third result of knowing Jesus is in knowing something of Christ's redemption. I want to share with you as well, thirdly, and again, uh, it's the reference scripture. When you have time, take a look at it. Romans chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. Again, this mighty evangelist. Paul says, oh, if I could. If I could, I would do, I would do, I would give my life if I could convince an unbelieving person to simply trust Jesus. Romans chapter 9 verses 1 through 3. So, We go back to that original verse. Ephesians, I'm sorry, Philippians chapter 10, chapter 3, verse 10, that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. Let me point out to you in closing, there's a book that is one of my favorites, written about 15 years ago. It is entitled, Not a Fan. Not a Fan. Its author is Kyle Eidelman. The author says, I'm more than a fan of Jesus. Matter of fact, he says, I'm not just a fan. Eidelman leads us to this challenge. Okay, so you know Jesus. Okay, you are a believer. Okay, you've, you've been building your relationship for many years. Great. He also challenges us, ask yourself this question. Rate yourself, evaluate yourself in your knowledge of Christ by using the acronym DTR. DTR. Determine your relationship. You say you love him. You've been knowing him for many, many years. For the believer as well as the unbeliever, determine. The relationship. How well do you know him? The bottom line. For the believer, there can be no greater goal. For the believer, there can be no greater goal in all the world. No greater joy in all eternity than to know Christ. To know him, we must spend time with him, listen to him, respond to him, and talk to him. As we do, our love for him will grow, and we will begin to be like him. God bless you, and thank you.